Hey, this is WTOP's Jason Fraley, and we are being joined by, uh, just, just say your name and your title. Nita Helms, and I'm president of Classical Movements. And we wanted to chat because, you know, you have a bunch of, of really cool live concerts. They're called Concerts in the Secret Gardens at the Rectory uh, coming up. But um, bef- before we get into the actual lineup, uh, give us a, a sense a little bit of, of the history. You know, when, when were you founded? And, um, you know, and then tell us how, how COVID really changed everything this last couple of years. Well, yes. Um, so this is our 30th year. We're going to be 30 years old in October. Um, We normally take the world's great symphony orchestras and choirs on tour, work in 145 countries, and we had 40 for some tours cancel in March of 2020. And at a time when people needed music the most, when it's, it's such beauty and consolation, and when all musicians were silenced and isolated. To us, that was the worst part of this entire thing, not just losing our livelihood. So we kept all our staff and I decided that we could do live music concerts safely in our very beautiful secret garden because hardly anyone knows about it and it's not obvious when you come to our building. Where where is it? It's on Princess Street in the heart of Old Town Alexandria, and it was built in 1785. That's the building. And that's where we normally have our offices of classical movements. But we have this garden and it's acoustically very, very good. And it's a very beautiful garden. So we started these concerts just to keep hope alive, keep music going. And it was so immediately embraced. It was a huge story became an example for a lot of people to see that you could do concerts safely, not inside concert halls, but certainly outside. And, you know, we've had 95 since COVID started. We have been determined, no matter what, to keep this going. And it's been a very special experience. Well, um, I, I also want to I want to remind our listeners, too, because it ties in with everything that's going on now in the world right now with news. But um, but when you when you when you started back in 1992, um, t- tell me about how that tied into sort of, you know, it was a year after the, you know, the fall of the Soviet Union. And, and some of your first tours uh, were, were bringing, you know, the Coral Arts Society, Washington, NSO. You, you were going over to Russia and Ukraine, right? Like that you sort of that's started right. in, around that right exactly it's so it's heartrending for for everyone but for me this is unbelievable because when i started this company um we planning into 1990 late 1990 i made my visit first visit to the soviet union at that time and decided to start this company it was because there was such hope things were changing dramatically but you know the the idea was that Americans could finally visit these countries that have such incredible art, architecture, music, literature. And I, I grew up with all of this and I felt, my goodness. So I, I, I can, you know, made up a tour that was St. Petersburg and Moscow. And then another one that was St. Petersburg, Moscow and Kiev in the Ukraine. And, you know, at that time it was Soviet Union, then it split up. But, you know, for a long time, Ukraine didn't even start issuing their own passports or even their own visa. So we used to use Russian visas to go into the Ukraine and then get back to Russia 
So it, it all seems so friendly, so idealistic, such hope, democracy all around, things are changing dramatically. So for me, the beautiful city of Kiev, such a soulful city, such so old and such a treasure in terms of its art and its churches and streets. It's, it's, it's really crushing actually to see what's happening now. Oh yeah, especially, you know, you're talking about like when you started this whole, this classical movements, these tours and it, the fact that you started, there was such hope and possibility, you know, these company, these countries are opening back up. Did, didn't you do, didn't you do a really big concert in Moscow that was like in Red Square? That was like the first time other than anything, a military parade or anything, but like an outside concert, the, weren't you the first one, like a hundred thousand people, including uh, Russian president Boris Yeltsin at the time? That's right, but I didn't arrange that. You know, the National Symphony Orchestra's conductor was the greatest cellist on the planet, and he was Mr. Slav Rostropovich, and he got this invitation because he defected, he left the Soviet Union in terrible circumstances, obviously, and he was so celebrated, as was his wife, a Bolshoi opera star, and they went back with this tour that was like touring with Elvis or something. I mean, all the Beatles around the United States, I cannot describe it. But we at that time already in our first year, we were not even 10 months old when I got a call from the Choral Arts Society of Washington, where their chorus of 200 were going with the NSO for this landmark tour. And they left, you know, we just had two months to plan their part of it. And that invitation came at this moment where when it came, it was just to represent the openness and this extraordinary um, man and his, his own now American orchestra going back. And the, the, the concert in Red Square was the first that anyone in Russia had seen that didn't involve tanks and you know military parade and that kind of thing. It was unimaginable to all the people that I'd worked with now for one and a half years. But you know what was interesting was that just as we were getting ready to go, like we were three weeks out, there was a coup d'etat in Russia, if you remember, hardliners who didn't like this democracy and uh, didn't like Russia becoming one smaller country rather than, it's like a huge country, it's the biggest country and landmass in the world, but you know, they didn't like the splitting up. And you can see this is the same thing happening now. I mean, this is a reflection of a lot of people like Vladimir Putin that do not, did not like the breakup of the Soviet empire. And this is, this is what happened at that moment in time. So, there were tanks outside their White House, which is their, their parliament. And it was an extraordinary time. The, the, the tour almost got canceled, but it, in the end, we went ahead. The Kremlin was closed, but because of my connections, I opened up, I had the Kremlin opened up for our group so we could visit. It was just an unbelievable time. And of course, democracy won, won out, as you know, and Yeltsin came to that concert in Red Square, even as there were tanks in the rest of his city. So it was just, it's hard to imagine and believe, but this, this is what happened. And the National Symphony Orchestra then were very impressed with my work and my connections, et cetera. And then they, contacted me and engaged me after that. And we've done all their tours since then, which is more than 30 some tours since that time. But it was a, a, a remarkable moment where everything was, even in the midst of this coup and such, it was, everything was possible. Everything was becoming better. And 
the greatest you know literature and treasures etc as you know you know it was it was something else wow and now yeah and now to see what's happened in the last week or two it's it's been it's been heartbreaking all, all that hope and possibility you're talking about suddenly we're wondering uh, we're it's back to square one uh, it, it's so heartbreaking watching all of it um but yeah, I mean, so I know you'll be doing a concert for, for Ukraine here um, in the D.C. area. Uh, but I guess before we get to that really quick, there's there's a I guess an, the, mo the the soonest one that's coming up is March 10th. It's called Flamenco Meets Tabla. Tell me what that's about. OK, so um, the Tabla is a an an Indian origin percussion instrument. It's extremely old and very versatile and um, very newly arrived in this country last August, also in harrowing circumstances, is Hamid Habib Zada, who is a fabulous tabla player, who um, with his wife, who is extraordinarily famous. So she was and is a female orchestra conductor. She was the first in Afghanistan and she made so much news because they had a female orchestra and that orchestra was in itself extraordinary in Afghanistan after those years of the Taliban. And she was in grave danger and therefore they took her, helped her escape, one of the first people to escape along with other female musicians and journalists they came to the United States in August and um, someone in a church introduced me to, to them and told me about them. I immediately invited them to a concert we had as part of our Secret Garden series. And that was a, a Moroccan Spanish uh, flamenco guitarist, uh, Wadia Etabak, who's extraordinary. He sings in Spanish and French and in Arabic. And he's just a great guitarist. That concert, I invited them to come to, and then they met and they did a little jam together, you know, like a jam session and, and playing together. And uh, we've been helping uh, the, the Afghan uh, musicians and journalists that we know uh, that have arrived in August. And I'm trying my best. I've introduced them to other people and they are uh, really stepping up and uh, extraordinary family. And so this concert actually is this exciting you know, meeting of um, flamenco guitar and, you know, Southern Spain, Andalusia, Andalusia was a great meeting point during um, hundreds of years ago of the, the cultures of North Africa, um, the Muslim cultures and Christianity. So this music is very exciting. I mean, the Gypsy Kings and, you know, many and many other fabulous music that you know. Um, and so they will both do their own sets um, and then they would come together and do some music together. And it's um, fabulous. Wadia was also stationed in Chennai, India for two years. And, and so he, he's played with the tabla before. So this is going to be a very exciting concert. And we're going to be serving Spanish wine. And it's, a, it's, it's a sort of a great way to end your day. And then, you know, it's, it's, that's what that evening is about. Wow. Wow. That's definitely want to definitely want to mention that because yeah, especially with the, the, Af the Afghan ties and everything, um, you know, Ukraine's not the only thing going on that, that whole Afghanistan evacuation, everything was literally yeah. a, a couple months ago too. So there's all, all of, it's all of a piece really. Um, 
Well, wow, that sounds great. Um, okay, and then and then back to the then on March twenty second is the concert for Ukraine we mentioned. So who's performing that? What you know? What sort of pieces we can hear? Okay, so this concert. So you know, as soon as this happened. Um, we're a small company, but we're very dynamic, very versatile. I like to think my entire staff and, and, and you know, all of us, we've been together for many, many years. Uh, the, you know, more average person's been there over 15 years. We just like to do things which are important to do and we can, you know, we're not slow moving and we, we, we sort of decide our own destiny, I'd like to say in many ways. And so we just very much wanted to do a concert to help and be symbolic also just for a gathering place for people to talk about this or to hear music as solace. And obviously this, this was um, important to have Ukrainian music and a Ukrainian musician. Um, the National Symphony Orchestra, some musicians of the National Symphony Orchestra were going to perform on March 22nd in our, in our concert series. And, and um, this has been switched instead to a concert for Ukraine. And the Ukrainian musician we have, Zeno Bogachek, is actually a violinist at the Washington National and the Kennedy Center Opera House Orchestra. And then he's joined by three musicians from the National Symphony Orchestra. Uh, the program includes a fabulous um, quartet by uh, Bedrich Smetana, who is Czech and um, uh, quite a nationalist and also suffered a lot in his life. He lost his, his first wife, his daughter, and uh, became deaf. And, you know, he had a lot of hardships, but wrote glorious music. So this great symbol of uh, sort of what's happening in Ukraine. But of course, we also have one of the most gorgeous pieces. It's called Melody or Melodia by um, a Ukrainian musician. Um, Skorich is his last name. And it's a very, very beautiful piece. Um, and then Zino Bogachek, the Ukrainian violinist from the Washington National Opera has, is also a composer. So they're going to be playing two duos written by him. So it's, a, it's, it's um, very appropriate, gorgeous music uh, that we'll have that day, March 22nd in the secret garden of the atrium in Alexandria, Virginia. Wow, yeah, it could not be more, could not be more timely. Uh, something that folks in our area can can do, and 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 you know, as we watch this footage unfold, it just gets more terrifying every day watching on screen. So this is a way we can. What 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 do you hope for people? You know, when you know if they're watching it, if they're watching the Ukraine war every day on their screens, and and what do you hope that the concert will provide for them? Just a little catharsis, a little solace, just let let people know we're thinking about yes. them over there. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, we are raising funds, of course, and we are going to make it possible for people to buy tickets, uh, but also to make a donation. And we've uh, chosen with um, guidance from Ukrainians, um, Doctors Without Borders. There's a lot of good agencies and it's hard to, to choose, but, you know, they're on the ground, they're inside Ukraine and doing a lot of the miraculous work that's needed right now. Very brave people in themselves. And so um, that was the consensus to donate to them. And so um, anyone who chooses to make a direct donation or, or for that, but also a large part of our concert uh, proceeds will, of course, go to help Ukraine. Uh, that's a very important part of this, of course. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Putting putting your money where your mouth is. I love it. Um, and do you, do you just as I put on my journalism hat really quick, do you know how what percentage of uh, of the proceeds will go if so I can put it in the article or do we not know yet? 
Um, so we have we've done fundraisers before. I did a fundraiser for the Afghan musicians that I talked about. And um, almost, uh, you know, I would say about 85% went to them because um, I, 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 I did a panel discussion for them to tell their story. Um, and everybody bought tickets and then people made donations as well. And then we did another fundraiser for a Venezuelan um, musician um, initiated by the National Symphony Orchestra Musicians. This is directly by the musicians. So uh, all 100% of that money for this young lady to study at Interlaken went to her 100%. I mean, we donated everything from our time and such. So I would say that a large part of it, I do have to pay I want to pay the musicians and a few others, you know, and some expenses, but you can be sure that it's a bulk of it will go to uh, Doctors Without Borders for their work in Ukraine. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, um, uh, uh, remind our listeners, if you know, if they've listened to this whole thing, um, remind them, you know, who who makes up the musicians? Like, where are the are, are the musicians full time musicians? Do they have day jobs in, in around D.C., you know, in government or and then they do this on the side or, you know, who, who, who are the performers? So we have just this spring. I mean, I'm talking about between now and June, a total of about um, 40 concerts. And these are hour-long concerts, and they are a very big range. Our Secret Garden uh, concerts have classical music and chamber music. We have some soloists, but uh, pianists, for example. We have we are producing Marriage of Figaro, the opera, uh, which is young artists who are wanting to become full-time musicians but are studying at Juilliard or Eastman and the top music schools. We have professionals that are doing a program of Cuban music in Havana. We have early music with a prof- all professional Viola da Gamba and Ron McFarlane on the lute. We have professionals, full-time musicians from the National Symphony Orchestra that are doing two of the concerts. We have a bluegrass and Americana program of the Kolodna uh, father and son duo that are fully professional um, musicians and you know, their professional quality and they, one of them is only a musician. The other one is actually an epidemiologist at Johns Hopkins as well as playing this extraordinary hammer dulcimer. So I could go on and on, but almost all of them are professional musicians, full-time musicians, which is why it was heartbreaking when they lost their income and they couldn't perform at all when we started the series. But we also have young artists and we have people that are <clears throat> They cobble together a living if some of them and some of them are like paid full time, like National Symphony musicians, but some of them do different things. They might teach. They also play in the church, for example, an organist who's a pianist as well. And then, you know, they, they perform. And so they put together their livelihood is a mix of different things. Um, you know, it's a very, very challenging industry. Um, we we see professional level performances sometimes from people that don't earn their day jobs, like, you know, they might be lawyers or they might be school teachers, et cetera, but it's all professional level and most of them are full-time musicians. But there is a little bit, we have a Juneteenth concert, which is made up of people that do other things as well as dance and also, you know, perform. So it's, it's, I hope you get an idea. I was, it's hard to give a clear answer on it, but they're, they're all musicians first. Oh, absolutely. No, you answered it perfectly. And yeah, you, and you and thank you. You mentioned a lot of the other upcoming shows. And, uh, it, you know, if, if our listeners want to want to see the full schedule, um, it's on classicalmovements.com. 
dot com just click the click the live concerts tab there and it's all it's all there at the top of the page um lots of lots of good shows coming up but uh, uh first first um the, the first two definitely come see on march 10th um flamenco meets tabla the, with the you know the the afghanistan tie-in that we mentioned and then on march 22nd the concert for for ukraine um you know need 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 say no more about that we know we know why that's important um, well, very cool. Yeah. See the whole lineup online. And, uh, this is, this is, this sounds like really great stuff. I, I really appreciate you joining us. Thank you. I appreciate your interest and, uh, all that you do. I, you know, we all <laughs> listen to WTOP so much, you know, when you're driving and, and, um, you do good stuff too. Thank you. Um, so everyone, it's the secret garden concerts at the rectory in old town, Alexandria, Virginia. Hey, thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>